How we doing out there, family? This is New Money Matrix Tutorials, and we are going to be going into an introduction of what is decentralized finance, and then run through a bit of a beginner's guide to a number of the different decentralized applications that are available. Um, just as an introduction and an opening, DeFi or decentralized finance is the new monetary and banking sector, in my opinion, that is going to be implemented more so um, as we move towards in the future, but is being built and utilized right now in real time. The article goes on to state, decentralized finance is all about monetary systems using public blockchains. It is a new monetary system and hence one of the hot topics among the industrialists, blockchain experts, and learners like yourself. At the core, the term public is important here. It can be equated similar to that of Ethereum public blockchain. In the public blockchain, there is no place for centralized authority. The need for DeFi comes from the fact that financial sectors are not available to everyone around the world. Almost 1.7 billion people all around the world have no means and access to financial services. The financial institutions are also not able to provide the necessary infrastructure to make people more access to money. The existing infrastructure is huge, but it does lack when it comes to reaching everyone out there. You can also read about the following topics. You know, why is uh, blockchain important? Um, you can look up blockchain fundamental presentation. Um, these are just a couple of options that they have on the webpage that I'm utilizing for this uh, presentation. It goes on to state, with decentralization, the current infrastructure failures are solved. It removes the failure point and ensures that the records can be stored and shared among different nodes across the network. It can work on a peer-to-peer -peer network without any centralized authority. For the current infrastructure to work, there is an over-dependence on the centralized authority. Without its governance, rules, regulations, and reach, it is not possible to implement in some areas especially in places where wealth generation and distribution is less or inadequate. Also, centralized authority holds power to delete accounts or block them if they deem so. The censorship might be needed in some cases, but in most cases, it is restrictive and make the user suffer. Another key element of DeFi is the decentralized apps, better known as dApps. DApps enable the financial institutes to create functional apps on the public blockchain and ensure that anyone can interact with them with minimum cost per interaction. We're going to get into the remittance market solution. The most significant impact of DeFi would be on the remittance market. The market surrounds the idea of sending millions of dollars across the borders by workers that are working in foreign countries. They go through a lot of problems with sending the money. One of the biggest problems is the amount of fee they have to pay to complete the fees. If the employee is earning less, then he would have very less to send. On top of that, the fees cut make it even harder for anyone working in extreme conditions to save anything in sin. With decentralized finance, it will be possible to cut the costs associated with sending money by 50% and more. By using DeFi, 
anyone working overseas will not have to worry about sending payments across borders. And we're looking at a um, diagram here, decentralized finance um, in use cases. Um, you got improved cross-border money transfers, better loan management. It can be used to create stable coins, which are currencies, digital currencies that are pegged one-to-one to whichever national currency you choose. The next section you have is the loan section. Decentralized finance is also very helpful when it comes to loan management. In general, the loan industry is very dependent on having access to banking. If you do not have access to banking or similar service, you cannot take a loan. This means that you also need to have a proper credit score or a banking record that you can show to prove your eligibility for the loan. With DeFi, all of these are going to change. The platform can address the connectivity issues among lenders and borrowers, and they will connect them better and directly. Also, it will ensure better credit checks and ensure that digital assets can be transferred quickly. Getting into stablecoins, another extremely good use case of DeFi is its use with these. Stablecoins are created in such a way that its value doesn't change. They are digital currencies that can be used by the general population as a digital currency. It can be used as a currency released by the government. In fact, it makes tokenizing real-world assets easy. Real-world assets can be added to the blockchain and hence traded on the blockchain. Storing assets on the blockchain mean better security and less prone to cybersecurity. So decentralized versus traditional finance. What makes traditional and decentralized finance different? Well, the main difference is how they work. Traditional finance systems work with centralization and it brings inefficiency and insecurity. The security risks are persistent in the current traditional financial system. Cybercrime is also seeing an increase due to no evolution of the technologies used by a financial institute. Most of the transactions are at risk of getting hacked. All of these bring both financial and data risk. DeFi, on the other hand, ensures that the issues are fixed to a certain extent. At the core, DeFi uses a public blockchain, which means that it doesn't rely on a centralized system or entity. It can work without the need for proper infrastructure. It simply decentralizes the world's economy and brings economic activity viable to everyone around the world. Public blockchains can be used effectively to replace the traditional finance system and make them transparent, decentralized, and permissionless. So let's speak on how these improvements um, will have an effect. So permissionless um, basically stands for a public blockchain, which doesn't require anyone else's permission to join and interact. This makes them a great pick for global implementation. And it also ensures that any quality problem is fixed. Um, and just to go a little bit deeper, permissionless means that you should not have to have put up any type of identification information, meaning that, you know, your name, your age, um, maybe a social security number, even to the, if, to the extent of having to show or utilize any type of identification documents, be it a driver's license, state ID, or passport. It's not needed within this decentralized space when you're dealing with borderless and permissionless applications. Um, decentralization with no central authority, the data is stored among the different nodes in the network, and it's transparent. Decentralized finance examples include Rainer AG. It is an independent asset management firm which is using the crypto field to their advantage. 
They have established a proper STO exchange, security tokens offering exchange platform, along with a trading platform for cryptocurrencies. They are currently working to improve their ecosystem by offering unique services in the finance sector. Their rise to popularity. Blockchain is more than a decade old. However, we didn't see the DeFi popularity until 2019. This is because most of the world was not connected through the internet. For blockchain to work, a network is required. Right now, more than 50% of the world is connected using the internet. In comparison, by 2013, only 35% of the internet was connected. At that time, decentralized finance didn't make any sense as it would require the internet for connectivity. I think the DeFi will become more mainstream by 2025, meaning the individuals who wrote the article, not myself. Um, the internet is growing rapidly and is becoming more affordable than ever. India, one of the third world countries, has also seen tremendous growth when it comes to mobiles and internet connectivity. Now, not everything is positive when it comes to decentralized finance. Some challenges need to be covered to make it more viable to the different governments and organizations out there. One of the biggest challenges that DeFi has to encounter is the adoption rates. Even though we are connected through the internet, we barely have public awareness regarding the DeFi. Not many people know about it, and that can impact its use rate. In fact, there are fewer people that know about crypto. The crypto gained its popularity during the Bitcoin price rise back in 2017, and still, it is nowhere near the internet or other popular technologies out there. Still under the radar for, for the most part. Even though public blockchains are technically capable of accepting every one of us out there, but it lacks the bandwidth to work efficiently. In comparison, Visa can process a huge number of transactions per second. This limitation is what is what not making Bitcoin. This limitation is what makes Bitcoin such a um, is what not making Bitcoin such a uh, a big success. Excuse me. In fact, other second-generation blockchain solutions, including Ethereum, lacks the bandwidth to make it more real-world appealing. Right now, blockchain researchers are working hard to make the technology more scalable. Another uh, big concern for DeFi is its connection with cryptocurrencies. Blockchain is an ideal network to transfer digital assets. Stable coins are the answer, but cannot be used for every transaction out there. This is where cryptocurrencies come in. But cryptocurrency's volatile nature is what makes it not an ideal solution for the real world. Libra, which many may be familiar with as the Facebook cryptocurrency, um, was to be a stablecoin released recently and has gone through both positive and negative reception. Overall, it didn't receive a positive reception and many institutions have backed out of collaborating on the Libra project. Going into the future of decentralized finance, apart from the adoption woes, DeFi also needs to make sure that it has a proper regulation framework. As it is on the public blockchain, it is necessary to bring regulations to space. Right now, there are multiple DeFi organizations that are working on their own solutions. Their solutions are independent and hence do not follow any guidelines. Sovereign. It creates a fragment market which would become hard to make one of the new one in the near future with more and more DeFi platforms. We can find none of them succeed waste time, wasting time, money, and risking the idea as well. There are also some countries that are banning cryptos or regulating them too hard to make them hard to use. The solution is to have an open source regulatory organization that can work together to bring projects together. By doing so, we can ensure that DeFi can grow in the right direction.
Currently, there are a number of hundreds of DeFi projects that are making their name. These projects also, di- also different, differ um, in different fields, including insurance, analytics, DAOs, or DAOs, which stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization, payments, staking, stablecoins, and so on. Um, some of those platforms are DeFi Portfolio Tracker, um, tracks and reports uh, portfolio using DeFi, and it is for decentralized finance holdings. You have the Alpha Wallet, which is a non-custodial multi-coin wallet. And then you have BTOKEN, which is an open source crypto asset management protocol. Um, in their conclusion, it leads us to the end of the decentralized uh, article, but they feel very heavily um, optimistic about DeFi and in the direction that it's going to be going. Now to get into a, a beginner's guide and more so into the, the, the dApps, um, we begin with decentralized finance or open finance, as others have called it. Um, the movement takes that promise a step forward. Um, imagine a global, and that's the promise to make money and payments universally access, accessible to anyone, no matter where you are in the world. Um, imagine a global, open alternative to every financial service you use today. Savings, loans, trading, insurance, and more. Accessible to anyone in the world with a smartphone and simple internet connection. This is now possible on smart contract blockchains like Ethereum. Smart contracts are programs running on the blockchain that can execute automatically when certain conditions are met. These smart contracts enable developers to build far more sophisticated functionality than simply sending and receiving cryptocurrency. These programs are what we know now called decentralized apps or dApps. You can think of a dApp as an app that is built on decentralized technology rather than being built and controlled by a single centralized entity or company. With some of these concepts might sound futuristic, Automated loans negotiated directly between two strangers in different parts of the world without a bank in the middle, many of these dApps are already live today. There are DeFi dApps that allow you to create stablecoins, which is a cryptocurrency whose value is pegged to the U.S. dollar or any other national currency. You can lend out money and earn interest on your crypto. You can take out a loan, exchange one asset for another, go long or short on assets, and implement automated and advanced investment strategies. So what are the different DeFi apps? Um, What differentiates these DeFi apps from the traditional bank or Wall Street counterparts? At the core, the operations of these businesses are not managed by an institution and its employees. Instead, the rules are written in code or smart contracts. Once a smart contract is deployed to the blockchain, DeFi dApps can run themselves with little to no human intervention. The code is transparent on the blockchain for anyone to audit. This builds a different kind of trust with users because anyone has the opportunity to understand the contract's functionality or find bugs. All transaction activity is also public for anyone to view. While this may raise privacy questions, transactions are pseudonymous by default, i.e. not tied directly to your real life entity. And that piggybacks off what I was stating earlier about you not having to use any type of identification documents or any type of identification number, such as a social security number, or even an identification title, such as a name, first, middle, and last. DApps are designed to be global from day one. Whether you're in Texas or Tanzania, 
you have access to the same DeFi services and networks. Now, of course, local regulations may apply, but technically speaking, most DeFi dApps are available to anyone with an internet connection. Um, permissionless to create permissionless to participate, meaning anyone can create the dApps and anyone can use them. Unlike finance today, there are no gatekeepers or accounts with lengthy forms. Users interact directly with the smart contracts from their crypto wallets. Um, it's flexible user experience. Um, if you don't like the interface to a certain dApp, no problem. You can use a third-party interface or build your own. Smart contracts are like an open API that anyone can build an app for, meaning that um, a lot of these are open source, meaning that the code is actually free for an individual to copy and utilize and build on top of whatever platform they choose to create. Also interoperable, new DeFi applications can be built or composed by combining other DeFi products like Lego pieces. For example, stable coins, decentralized exchanges, and prediction markets can be combined to form an entirely new product. DeFi is now one of the fastest growing sectors in crypto. Industry observers measure traction with a unique new metric, ETH locked in DeFi. At the time of this writing, users have deposited over $600 million worth of crypto into the smart contracts. And I do think we're a bit higher than that as of now. Um, let's see. What we're going to do is take a closer look at some of the popular DeFi apps out there that you can try today. Um, you will need a cryptocurrency wallet with a built-in DAP browser, such as um, Coinbase Wallet, MetaMask, Trust Wallet. Um, and you utilize that to connect to the DAPs. Connect to the DAPs. You can also use most of these DAPs on desktop by selecting the Coinbase Wallet option and scanning the QR code um, for Wallet Connect. Or when you visit a number of these DAPs, it asks you exactly what wallet you want to connect to. And usually you have the option of Coinbase, Wallet Connect, uh, MetaMask, Ledger, which is a hardware wallet, Trezor, which is a hardware wallet as well. Um, in its early days for dApps, uh, no, excuse me, Stablecoin and Decentralized Reserve Bank. So we're going to get into the first dApp and one of the most popular, which is MakerDAO. Um, Maker is a stablecoin project where each stablecoin is pegged to the U.S. dollar and is backed by collateral in the form of crypto. Stablecoins offer the programmability of crypto without the downside of volatility that you see with traditional cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or Ethereum. You can try creating your own DAI stablecoin on the Maker Oasis DAP. Maker is more than just a stablecoin project, though. It aspires to be a decentralized reserve bank. People who hold a separate but related token, MKR, can vote on important decisions like the stability fee. Similar to how the Federal Reserve's Federal Open Market Committee votes on the Fed funds rate. Another stable coin with a different architecture is USD coin or USDC, where every USDC token is backed by one US dollar held in an audited bank account. Next, you have the borrow and lend component, and they're focusing on Compound. Compound Finance is a blockchain-based borrowing and lending dApp. You can lend your crypto out and earn interest on it, or maybe you need some money to pay the rent or buy groceries. But your funds are tied up in your crypto investment. Well, with this platform, you can deposit your crypto to the Compound smart contract as collateral and borrow against it. The Compound contract automatically matches borrowers and lenders and adjusts interest rates dynamically based on supply and demand. Other popular borrow and lend apps are Dharma and DYDX. 
Aggregators like LoanScan track the borrowing lend interest rates across the various dApps so you can shop around for the best uh, best rates. Next, we get into the automated token exchange, which they're focusing on the Uniswap platform, which is a cryptocurrency exchange run entirely on smart contracts, letting you trade popular tokens directly from your wallet. This is different from an exchange like Coinbase, which stores your crypto for you, meaning they have custody of them, and hold your private keys for safekeeping. No one holds your private keys. If you do not have the private keys, then it's not your crypto. Always remember that. Um, Uniswap also, excuse me, Uniswap uses an innovative mechanism known as automated market making to automatically settle trades near the market price. In addition to trading, any user can become a liquidity provider by supplying crypto to the Uniswap contract and earning a share of the exchange fees. This is called pooling or adding, adding liquidity to a pool. Other popular decentralized exchange uh, platforms or DEXs include OX, AirSwap, Bancor, Kyber, IDEX, Paradex, and Radar, Radar Relay. All have slightly different architectures though. But once you learn the basics of how to operate in this space, any type of new add-ons you're fairly familiar with um, cause you understand how these different decentralized apps work if you use more than, you know, the basics and the usual. Augur is a decentralized, excuse me, getting into the prediction markets with they're focusing on Augur, which is a decentralized prediction market protocol. With Augur, you can vote on the outcome of events, except you put skin in the game by attaching a value to your vote. Prediction market platforms like Augur and Guesser are nascent but offers a view into a future that users can make better predictions by tapping into the wisdom of the crowd. Next, you have synthetic assets, such as the Synthetics Network. Synthetics is a platform that lets users create and exchange synthetic versions of assets like gold, silver, cryptocurrencies, and traditional currencies like the euro. The synthetic assets are backed by excess collateral locked into the synthetics contract. Next, you have the no-loss savings game, Pull Together, which is a no-loss lottery uh, game. Um, for anyone that does like to play the lottery, I definitely suggest um, checking this one out. But the composability of DeFi lends itself to infinite new possibilities. Pull Together is a no-loss game where participants deposit the die stablecoin into a common pot. At the end of each month, one lucky participant wins all the interest earned, and everybody else gets their initial deposits back. So what's next for DeFi? Money and finance have been around in one form or another since the dawn of human civilization. Crypto is just the latest digital avatar. In upcoming years, we might see... Oh, excuse me. Where did I leave off at? Okay, in upcoming years, we might see every financial service that we use in today's financial, excuse me, fiat system being rebuilt for the crypto ecosystem. We've already seen asset issuance and exchange, borrowing, lending, custody, and derivatives built for crypto. What's next? The first generation of DeFi dApps rely heavily on collateral as a safeguard. That is, you need to already own crypto and provide it as collateral in order to borrow more crypto. More traditional, unsecured borrowing and lending will need to rely on an identity system, 
so that borrowers can build up credit and increase their borrowing power. Much like today's social security number and FICO scores. Unlike today's identity and credit systems, however, a decentralized identity will have to be both universal and privacy preserving. We're also seeing innovation in the insurance space. Many of today's DeFi loans are over collateralized, meaning that loans seem inherently safe because of the generous cushion of the assets held in reserves. But the black swan for DeFi is smart contract vulnerabilities. If a hacker finds and exploits a bug in the open source code for a dApp, millions of dollars could be drained in an instant. Teams like Nexus Mutual are building decentralized insurance that will make users whole in the event of smart contract hacks. Another trend we're seeing is better user experience. The first generation of dApps was built by blockchain enthusiasts for blockchain enthusiasts. These dApps did a great job of demonstrating exciting new DeFi possibilities, but the usability left something to be desired. The latest interactions of DeFi apps are prioritized in design and ease of use in order to take open finance to a wider audience. In the future, we expect crypto wallets to be the portal to all of your digital asset activity, just like an internet browser today is your portal to the world's news and information. Imagine a dashboard that shows you not just what your assets, what assets you own, but how much you have locked up in different open finance protocols, loans, pools, and insurance contracts. Across the DeFi ecosystem, we're also seeing a move towards decentralizing governance and decision-making. Despite the word decentralized in DeFi, many projects today have master keys for the developers to shut down or disable apps. This was done to allow for easy upgrades and provide an emergency shutoff valve in case of buggy code. However, as the code becomes more battle-tested, we expect developers will give up these backdoor switches. The DeFi community is experimenting with ways to allow stakeholders to vote on decisions, including through the use of blockchain-based decentralized autonomous organizations or DAOs. Something magical is happening in the open finance system. Crypto is bringing money online, and we're seeing a quantum leap in what's possible when it comes to the functionality of money. It's a rare opportunity to see an entirely new industry blossom from scratch. The DeFi space will at least play catch-up the DeFi space will at least play catch up with today's financial service industry. But over time, it's hard to even fathom what innovations will come about when the power to build financial services is democratized to anyone who can write code. So um, I hope that this introduction and overview of decentralized finance and, um, you know, a quick introduction to a number of the different dApps that are available was helpful to the viewer and listener. I wish everyone a great day and be on the lookout for an update. Peace.